Ah, good morning. So we were going to start the marriage series today, but I really felt like the Lord wanted me to go just just interject a, a single message to deal with the mindset of America right now. And really, I'm really not so much concerned with America as I am with God's church. Because, and, and because we are a church that is in the middle of America, don't think that we can't be affected by the thoughts and the ways of America. You know, as a, as a child of God, we are in a partnership with the Lord through Jesus Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit to build His church. His church in Ephesians is the vehicle, okay? How do, you, how do you get from point A to point B? you got to have a vehicle, right? you got to have a way to get there. And God's plan is to use His church to manifest His glory and His wisdom and Himself to the world. And if we are not careful, we can be influenced by the thoughts and by the ways and by, the, by even the wickedness. Everybody say wickedness. All right? Wickedness is only a dirty word if you're wicked, all right? You know, sometimes people don't like being called out on the way that they're acting. I mean, for instance, you know, the word Jezebel. If you're acting like a Jezebel, oh, do anything but say Jezebel because I find that very offensive. But you know what? When, when you do the things that Jezebel does or, the, or you do the things that anybody does, and you know, you, you follow suit with them. And, and so today I want to talk to you about, about America and the church, more so the church and us because this is our church. You know, I can't, I, can't, I can't dictate what all the other churches in Hardin County do, but I'm responsible for how we respond here at Gateway Church. You are responsible for how we respond here at Gateway Church. And we are to be unified by the truth of the Word of God. Amen. Everybody say truth with me. Truth, okay? Now, if I take a whole truth and cut it in half, do I still have truth? No, I have a compromised version. Uh, it's, uh, what, it, what is it? The uh, alternative facts. That came up here recently in, in political discussions. That's really, that's not truth. It's alternative facts. It's, it, those are not facts. They're alternative, right? They are uh, misappropriated facts. Or I, don't, I don't know how the heck you want to say it. But, uh, you know, we, we look, we look, it's a lie. We look at America, and, and you look at people. And right now, comedians are having a heyday because they look at Americans and, and the people that say they stand for goodness and justice and mercy and all that, they're going around tearing America asunder while, while all the time believing that they're doing what is right. The Bible says that in the last days, they're going to call good evil and evil good. You'll go watch Coming to America. You'll see the sermon on there. Evil is good and good is evil. But we but listen, you it's it, evil and good and truth and lies are oil and water and they do not mix. I don't care how you blend it, I don't care how you state it. You can you can put it in a KitchenAid, you can put it in a in a Mr. Coffee, you, you're not going to blend it. It's, it's not going to come forth. It's, not, it's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a disaster. And it's not going to bear the fruit according to what it's supposed to bear. And America right now, it's, it's amazing. They'll go, they'll go to these riots and all these demonstrations, and, and I love it. They'll just go up. And you know what? This, it don't matter if you're... There's, there's, there's ding-dong Republicans and ding-dong Democrats, all right? There's ding-dongs everywhere. 
And, and so, but what they'll do is they'll go up and this person, they're burning something or looting something and destroying something. And they'll be like, so what, what do you stand for? I don't know. I just saw what everybody else was doing. And what it is is nobody's, nobody's operating in the spirit of truth. They're operating in, on bandwagons. What the heck does everybody else do? What, what they're operating on is their fleshly desires. I mean, good grief, everybody else is stealing something. I need something. I want something. I'm going to steal too. I'm mad too. I got issues. I want to burn something down too. I want to act like a fool too. You know, you go read Proverbs, man. It says the fool despises wisdom. You want to see if somebody's a fool, say something wise to them and watch them grit their teeth. And even more so than that, it says that they will mock you. Maybe not to your face, but they're going to mock you. Maybe not to your face. In the church, it won't be to your face. But, but you know, that's like I remember the, the, the love bugs. They used to, when, when Dad was a Baptist pastor, they called love bugs, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? They're all over your windshield. If you're riding a motorcycle, they're in your teeth. But, but, but a love bug, you know, they, it says that it's, they used to say this. This old deacon said a love bug will stick together, but they can't face each other. How many church members do you know that are like that? You know, I don't want to be a church that is a warehouse of foolery and that is a warehouse of deceit. That is a temple of lies and unrighteousness. The the loving Jesus that we know, he drove that foolishness out. And if you think I'm the only one responsible to keep the integrity and the accountability in the church of God, you don't know the word. You don't know the voice of your shepherd, Jesus. You don't know the truth from the light. You don't know darkness from the light. You don't know the truth from the light. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You know what? The fools are shameful. The fools have things to be ashamed of because they do foolish things. Proverbs chapter 9 says that wisdom calls out, so does foolishness. They're out in the streets crying out, He that is simple-minded, turn in here. And wisdom has blessings and life to give, and foolishness has death and misery to deal out. You know, there's an old song called uh, Choices by George Jones. and It's amazing. You watch a country singer. When they get older, they get wiser. Though it may be through the hard way, after a life of many years of trial and error and doing things wrong, when they, they start singing songs of wisdom when they get old and before they die. And the song says, you know, I have, I have, I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong. If I had listened, no, I wouldn't be here today living and dying by the choices that I made. Some of us are living and dying. We all are. But here's the deal. Are, are you living with the bad choices that you made? Are you dying because of the bad choices that you made? Are the people around you dying because of the choices that you've made? Are your fa- is your family dying because of the choices that you made? We've all had choices since the day that we were born. 
We read the book of Chronicles and Kings. Right now we've been reading that. And we see the kings and you'll have a king and he rises up and he loves the Lord and he goes all throughout the kingdom and he tears everything down that dishonors God because he knows that, that God is the only thing that can bless them. He knows that God is their protection. He knows that God is their God. There is none like him. And all the other gods in the world are mute and they're deaf and they're blind and they can't do anything. Amen? And, and they would go and, and, and they would take down all these Astaroth poles and Baal and all these things. Because you know what? They knew that they could not compromise the faith that God had put into the people of Israel. They couldn't compromise it. God says, you will have no other gods before me. And they knew that we can't, we can't have a duality in our belief system. We have to have a unified belief on the truth of the word of God if we want God to be a part of what we're doing. It couldn't be any other way. There was no duality. But then they would have a sun, and the sun would rise up, and the sun would begin to take on uh, you know, uh, foreign women from other cultures, and then they would bring their gods, and they would bring their ways, and they would bring their practices. And before you know it, Israel had Astaroth poles going back up and temples. I mean, son, these temples got tore down every so many years, and they'd go right back up, and they'd go back down. And so would the temple of God. The temple of God would fall apart, and a, a, guy that, a king that loved God would come, and he'd say, well, let's build it back up. And the people would say, okay, the people are finicky, so finicky. They won't bail one minute and God the next. I mean, they'll come straight out of a battle. They'll come straight across a sea that God parted. They'll come straight out of Egypt. And they say things like, man, we need their gods. or We were better off back in slavery. We were better off. That is so, so finicky, so flaky, so weak. So double-minded. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's why we talk about in grace, glorify, relate, anchor, contribute, extend. Anchored is about being unified. It's about being single-minded. It's about being anchored in the Word of God. Amen? But see, that the ultimately, how many of you know that there's many, many, many voices that we hear? There's books. There's radio. There's TV, there's friends, there's family, and, and the worst one of them all is there's you. We have to listen to ourselves when we lay down, down at bed at night, you know? And, and the thing of it is, though, is ultimately there are only two voices that are speaking in this world. There's only two voices. There's a voice of good and there's a voice of evil. In John chapter 8, I just want to talk to you about that. It's in John chapter 8, verse 31... It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Can, can, can you, can you uh, do worldly things and be a disciple? Can you walk in falsehood? Can you, I mean, what, what, is, what does Jesus say? You abide in my word, right? Not, not the word of the world. So there, there has to be a separation, amen? There has to be a division there, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How are you going to know the truth? Because it sets you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. 
So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Mm. Does the word of Jesus find a place in you? These were the sons of Abraham. These were church-going folk. These were religious people. But the word of God found no place in them, and they sought to kill Jesus. When the word is read, if you grit your teeth, and that means that the word is not found in you. And when the word is read and as plain as can be and you find every reason to find or justify some other train of thought that doesn't align with the word, the word of Jesus isn't resting in you. He says, I speak of what I have seen with my father and what you do you have heard from your father. From your father. He's fixing to really differentiate whose father's who. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the Abraham, the work of Abraham. The same works that he did. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, you'll be doing the, the works of, of Jesus. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect and you won't fall, but, but your life is not going to be set on doing wrong. It's not set on, on the things of the world. There's going to be fruit, right? Is, is, a, is a Christian fruitful? No, he is. The Bible didn't say that, that we, are, we are a new creation and we should be bearing new fruit. It says, I am a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Now, once again, don't get in legalism. Oh, good grief. I said a cuss word yesterday. I'm going down. No, I'm talking about your life should be changed. Your motives should be changed. Your heart should be changed. Your desires should be changed. And even when you fall, your desire should be, Lord, forgive me. Because I still need you more than yesterday. Amen? But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told the truth that I heard from God. I could kind of relate to that. You should too. You should. Listen, we're not to be offensive people. But what we stand for should offend people. You hear me? We're not to be offensive. We're not to go out and try to cause problems and whatnot. But what you stand for should and will, if you're standing for God, will offend people. Jesus said they, 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 they uh, hated me. They're going to hate you. But Jesus says this. It says, take care when all men speak well of you. Now, if you're being bad-mouthed because you're an idiot, then you need to repent and make it right. But if you're being bad-mouthed because you stood on the Word of God, then you need to know that Jesus will bless you for it. The Bible says that seeing with God, seeing with God, it is a righteous thing to recompense tribulation on them that trouble you when you stand on His side. Abraham did. He says, you are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if, you were your fa if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do, you understand what I, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. 
for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? I tell you the truth. Why do you not believe me? Whosoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear me is because you are not of God. And so Jesus makes it plain here that there are two voices. There's, there's the voice of God the Father. Jesus even says later on in Luke, he says, My sheep hear me and they know my voice and they follow me. And they won't accept any imposters. And it says if a thief somebody breaks in, it says they will scatter. They're not going to hang out and say, look, it's the shepherd. Because they know the shepherd's voice. And their ears are attuned to him because they've walked with him and they've been fed by him and they've been loved by him and they've been taken care of by him. And they know him. But unity, or the here's 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 the bottom line today. Alright. Which voice are you listening to? And I also want to say this you may be a child of God, but that don't mean you can't listen to the ways of the world. You can be influenced. You can be deterred. You can you can, your mind can be can be can be led. But the voice you vocalize determines your velocity. The voice you vote, whatever you're speaking, who you're agreeing with, am I agreeing with, with good? Am I agreeing with evil? Am I agreeing with truth? Am I agreeing with lies? Am I agreeing with God or am I agreeing with Satan? Whichever voice you vocalize is going to determine the velocity and the direction you go and how fast you get there. You see, if you want to vocalize the ways of, of Satan and the, and the world, you're not going to go very far. But when you vocalize God, when you begin to speak His Word, you begin to stand in His Word, you're going to be able to move forward and be blessed. John 17. This is the high priestly prayer. This is, this is when Jesus is kind of getting towards the end, and he's, he just begins to pray. And I want you to hear some things that I saw this morning, and I'm like, wow. For I have given, in verse 8, 17 verse 8, it says, For I have given them the words that you gave me. He's, he's praying to God. Jesus is praying to the Lord. He says, And they have received them and have come to know in the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. So he's praying for the people that believed in him, right? Then listen to what he says. I am not praying for the world. Ah. And I'm going here in a minute. I want you to see something. He says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world. But for those whom you have given me, and they are yours. Jesus, Jesus loves the world, but he ain't praying for the whole world. He's praying for those that are his. He says, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm fixing to leave my people behind in this world, and I'm coming to you. It says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given them, that they may be one. 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 Everybody say one with me. What, what does one represent? Unity. Unity, okay? So we're talking about voices. We're talking about one. Jesus' prayer is that we will be one, and there's a reason for it. 
Jesus is praying for his people that they be one. Now, if you go down to verse 17, it says this, Sanctify them in the truth. It's all about the truth. Your word is truth. So how are we sanctified? Through truth. He says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. So we see that there's two voices. Now we're seeing that God, Jesus is praying for unity, and he's praying that we come to that through truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Through the word of who? Through the people that already have the word to give. He says that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love me, even, love them even as you loved me. You see what he's saying here? Jesus' prayer is this. He said, God, let these people come to truth and be sanctified to truth and be dedicated to truth that they may be one. And so even these other people that don't know you yet may know that they are disciples because of their oneness, and their oneness is determined by the truth that they walk in. The, the oneness is determined by the truth that they walk in. How many of you know that Jesus is about unity? Okay, on what side? Matthew 10, 34. I just, man, this is a journey. Matthew 10, so, so Jesus is praying through unity, for, through truth, that his people be unified. So I'm not praying for the world, I'm praying for my people, that they are unified in the truth, and I'm praying that those who will come to know me will be, be as a result of the people that are walking in my truth and are together. They're unified. Amen? You see it? All right, are we on the same page? All right, we're on the same peg mark. Matthew 10, 34 says this, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. This is Jesus. Now, did he not take his Xanax that day? Did he, did he, did he not have coffee? Is he bipolar? No, because all them things that we have, he can heal. Amen? Jesus can heal all them issues that we have, but Jesus don't have no issues. Jesus is very clear. I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for my people. I'm praying that my people will study to show themselves approved, a workman needs not be ashamed, that they will be unified so that these lost folks will see, oh, they're together. They believe in the same thing. They're not acting in foolery. They're acting in saneness. They're acting in love. They're acting in righteousness. They have a future. We don't. We don't burn all ours down and tore it all up. And stole it all. Gave it all away. But do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a mother, a man, set a man against his father. And a daughter against his mother. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus is in the family splitting business. Say what? Now what does this mean? What does this mean? 
Yeah, he wasn't being crazy. He says, listen, here's what he says. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is saying that he should be the preeminent, most important thing in our life. And if you love your kids, which you should, he ain't saying don't love your kids. He's saying this, love Jesus more than your kids. Love Jesus more than your own mother and father. Because your only hope for your kids and the only hope for your mother and father is the love of Jesus. Do you hear me? Listen to what it says in Luke. Luke 12, don't go there, just Luke, Luke 12, 51. Same conversation. But Jesus says this. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No. He says, I tell you, but rather division. 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 Unity is only going to come through division. Division of what? Good and bad and evil and good. <laughs> wrong and right and truth and lies. Do you, do, you, do you see the progression here? Jesus says, God sanctify my people through the truth so that they may be one, so that they may see that you truly sent me, so that the people that don't walk in the truth can see the truth and they can come to know the truth and they can be one as well, just like me and you are one, Father. That's the goal. That's the plan. Jesus came to divide. Unity is, the on, is only on the side of truth. But we think, we think unity is universal. This is what we're doing. We're not walking in unity. We're trying to create mergers. We're trying to create mergers. Tell me if that don't speak to you. We're trying to merge good and bad. We're trying to merge truth with a lie. We're trying to merge the world with the kingdom of heaven. And it ain't going to happen. And as long as you try to do it, you're going to be a double-minded man. You're going to be a double-minded woman, unstable in all your ways until you say, I will walk only in the truth of the word of God. That's the only way it's going to happen. And you know what? If, if, if any of you is weary, if any of you is tired, and if any of you is afflicted, and any of you is just, just, uh, just down in spirit, say, you know, am I walking in the truth? Am I double-minded? But there are voices. And we've had choices since the day that we've been born. But there are voices that told us right for wrong, and if we listen, then we won't find ourselves there one day, living and dying by the choices that we made, but we'll be free, and we will be blessed, and we will be honored in the presence of God. Amen? And we will have a lineage, and we will have people around us that have come to know Jesus because they see the unity that is in us. And we can't let the foolishness of the world affect the church, and it has. It has. But we can't do it here. We can only do what we can do here. This is our church. This is our mission. This is our objective. This is our people. This is our word. He is our God. Jesus is our peace. But how do you, how do you stray from the truth? 
You know, we love, we love positive posts on Facebook. But how about if we put some of these things on Facebook? Proverbs 6, 16 through 9. 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. I wonder where he feels. I wonder how he feels. And I'm telling you this. This is what the word of the Lord says. David, David, a man who had done stupid things, says, Lord, let me hate the things you hate and let me love the things you love. This is from a man who loved the things that God hated. I mean, this is a man who failed, but you know what? He saw the error of his ways and he repented. And you know what? He didn't want death to follow him all the days of his life. And he didn't want tragedy to follow every day of his life. But you know what? He said, I want to I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what David wanted. That's what David wanted. I'm going to tell you what, these things tick God off. God is a God of love and He is a God of justice, but God is a God of unity on the right side. God's not trying to, God's not trying to merge darkness with light. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Light, anywhere there's light, there's no darkness, and we're trying to merge light with darkness. We're trying to live double-minded lies. We're, trying, we're, we're going out and telling the lies here, and we're telling the truths here, and we're trying to blend them and run them through the percolator, and it ain't coming out the way that we want to because it's not going to come out the way that you want to. But the voice you vocalize determines your velocity. It determines, are you going to go forward? The voices that you're listening to, the Word of God, the counsel of wise men. Let me tell you something. You need to know what the heck a wise man looks like. You look at his house. You look at his wife and his relationship. You look at his kids. Y'all go and seek counsel from people who have, who have wandered away from the church, who are not living for God, and you've got, you have concern for what they have to say about the Word of God. God says, the Bible says that you will know people by their fruit. That's where you get your counsel from. That's where you get your counsel from. From wise people who follow God. But if you hadn't read that scripture, you don't know any better. The, hmm. Romans 16, 17. I appeal to you brothers to watch out. So how do we, how do we stay in the truth? And I'm telling you, you have to be responsible. You have to be responsible. You have to be able to determine what is it, what is it what is, what's it not. It says, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. It, do, it doesn't say have a party with them. It doesn't say invite them everywhere you want to go. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say take them to Chuck E. Cheese. It didn't say have a beer with them. It says you avoid them. Because they are divisive. Because they are double-minded. If that, they might just be straight-out laced wicked. They may be all evil-minded. But you cannot, let, you cannot, as a Christian, let people influence you away from the truth and stand there and say, well, in the spirit of unity. No, we are to be in the spirit of unity on the right side of Christ. That's where we're to stand. 
It says, For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Listen. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. And he's, telling, uh, he's speaking good over these people because they're not doing things. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent and what is evil. And you can't put them together. If people, if people, oh, I must be going on, I guess. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. We cannot let foolish talk, we cannot let double-minded people tell us what they think and influence us. Well, you know what? I had a lady this week. She was out somewhere, and somebody told her something, a rumor about this church that was 20 years old. And she brought it up, and that woman stood in her face and rebuked her. And the woman said, you can't talk to me like that. You're, you're a teacher. And her, her boss walked up behind her and said, I'm sorry, she's off duty. You started it, and it's on camera. In other words, shut your mouth. You know, that's what we need people to do. You know what? I, you know what? I, I, as a pastor, you have to stand for your people. Some of y'all been bad now. Some of y'all been done wrong. But you know what? I stood there for you. You know what? I need the same respect from you. That's the honor way. That's, that's the way it should be. Hey, no, nobody should feel right to speak evil or wrongly about any of us. About any of us. And if it's right, then we need to tell that person, you need to go take it up with them. Because you ain't dealing with it in a biblical way. You're just spreading gossip and you're starting rumors. Titus 3, 9 through 11. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law. For they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. One, two, you're out. There's no three. He says, after the second time, have nothing to do with them. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, and he is self-condemned. He being general here. It could be a woman too. Proverbs 20:19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. You see, we can't. We can't, would you behave over there? We can't, uh, no, I'm just, listen guys, do you see what Jesus says? I'm not come to, I'm not here to make a merger of good and evil. I'm not here to bring unrighteousness with righteousness. I'm here to create two sides, two, two divided, completely different sides. And one of them is a way of truth and the other is a way of darkness. And you can't dwell in the middle and expect to have any results of it. You're either going to be fruitful or you ain't going to be fruitful. No, you're going to be fruitful, but you're either going to have righteous fruit or you're going to have nasty, rotten, unrighteous fruit. That's, the, that's your two options. Your two options, your two voices. And so when we speak to people and when we even speak to ourselves, we must judge what we're hearing by and through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. We got to quit putting up with lies and deceit and, 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 and gossip and slander and say, hey, you know the Word. Deal with it your own dang self like the Word says to. Amen? Churches are split asunder all over the world because of people. Let me tell you something. Nothing starts without a voice. Nothing starts without a voice. People don't just split. People don't just get in a fight. People don't just get a divorce. It always starts with a little small voice. And which voice are you listening to? 
Which voice is determining the choices that you make in everyday life? It hurts me so bad to watch the choices that people make when their kids are at stake. And you know what? You think, how, how could you make bad decisions for your kids? How could the children of Israel burn their children to the stake to worship a God called Molech? You see, we, don't, we, we, we hamper everything down. We're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's either bad or it isn't. And your kids are in your hands. Are you teaching them and admonishing them in the Word of God? Are you being the example for them to know what the heck that even looks like? But the, the security of the church rests in the security of your lips. The security of the church rests in the security of your lips. And do your lips either proclaim truth or they proclaim lies? It's also in your ears. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who do you take counsel from? There's so many people here with potential. So many people here with, 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 with callings. But you know, like Robert Morris said, you know, having a calling is one thing, but you ain't going nowhere until God sends you. And, and this is something that you better have under wraps before God anoints you to go somewhere. You need to be, you know what, you know, it, it all comes down to this. Are you trustworthy? I was, I, was, I was the other day, Jesus told his people, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a master who goes away. He leaves. He totally just disappears. And he gives the people what they need to take care of the business that they're responsible for. And when he comes back, he's going to be asking, what did you do while, in, while I was absent? Were you trustworthy? Were you trustworthy? Were you trustworthy with the resources that I gave you? Were you trust, trusted with the word of God that I spoke into your life? Were you trusted with the people that needed your help? Were you trusted with your spouse? Were you trusted with your kids? But here's the thing. Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? It's all about trust. God's looking for trustworthy people. Paul told Timothy, teach these things to faithful men. Not flaky men, not double-minded men, not coward men, not sissy men, not stupid men, but teach it to faithful men who will teach others as well. If you want to be a man of God, then be a man of God. Step, get you the right underwear, get you right whatever support you need and say, I'm going to be a man of God and I'm going to do what the Word of God says. Because you can't tear down and build a church at the same time. You can't do it. You can't do it. It ain't going to happen. Nehemiah, when he went to build the, the temple back, and he went to build the city back, the, you know what? They had voices. They had all the voices around them saying, if you, tear, if you build that, we will kill you, and we'll gut you, and we're going to tear it all down again. But Nehemiah said, no, we're here, for the, we're here because of God. We're here for God, and God is with us. Who can be against us? Amen. And it said they had a trowel in one hand and they had a sword in the other. Some of you need to have a sword in your hand. And it's called the Word of God. And it divides and it conquers and it separates lies from truth and good from evil. And it separates unrighteousness from righteousness. And I'm not talking about being a legalistic Pharisee who Jesus spoke evil, spoke evil of. I'm talking about being a child of God that walks in truth. Are you going to be an Israelite? Are you going to be the whole nation of Israelites standing before Goliath? Or are you going to be the one that rose up and said, No, I ain't here for fame and fortune and glory. I'm here because you're bad-mouthing my God and you're fixing to pay for it. I'm going to send a rock right between your eyeballs.
That's the way we should stand for the house of God. That's the way we should represent the house of God. We're not to be offensive. We're not out there to start fights. We're, not at, we're, to, we're to avoid controversies. But when, but when the lies comes up and the darkness comes up, we're to get a flashlight and go, no, sir, thank you very much. When a lie comes up, we're to address it and say, no, sir, thank you very much. When the word of God is being compromised, we're to, we're to say, no, sir, thank you very much. And though we are free to do whatever we want to do as Christians, we shouldn't do things that encourage other people in their foolery. Amen. Paul says, "Don't don't eat all uh, eat food offered to idols in the house of the people that worship that idol, because you're 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 approving of what they do. You're telling them it's okay. You know what? Sorry, I can't go to this event. I can't do this thing. I can't say that thing. I can't stand with you. I love you, but I'm not going to do it. You can either accept that, or you're not." And if, and if division comes to it, then no, that's what Jesus came for. I'm standing on the right side of truth. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. We need to quit being a, a cowardice people that are afraid to speak the truth. We, we gotta, we, we, here's the deal. When, when the shots are fired, you better shoot then. It don't do any good. You can't save a life after it's already been killed. You can't be back up to somebody that's already been shot. We got to stand for the truth. We got to be unified on the word of God. There is no other word. You know what? Some of us are naive, and you have naive fruit. You have the fruit of a naive person. Some of you are gossips, and you have the fruit of a gossip. Some of you are liars, and you have the fruit of the liars. I'm not saying, I, and I have nobody in mind today. The Holy Spirit does, though. And I suggest today that you, you, you take the gift of repentance and say, forgive me, Lord. You know what? I found myself in places where I had to repent. I found myself being a liar. I found myself being a gossip. I found myself being something that I shouldn't have been. And I had two options. I can either play like I'm doing the right thing or I can say, Lord, forgive me. I've, I've, I've coerced with some evil people in my life and I shouldn't have. I've not spoken up when I should have. I've done all these things that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you right now. But you know what? There is no honor in it. There is no honor in it. There is no courage in it. There is no, there is no righteousness in it. And so what, what do you want to be today? Do you want to be a person that is unified in the truth of the Word of God? Do you want to be double-minded? Or do you just want to be an all-outright evil, wicked Jezebel? Which one do you want to be? There's really only one choice. I'm talking to you guys too. There's a spirit of Jezebel that lights on men. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? This is really a large gamut of things. You may never have told a lie in your life, but I doubt it. But you might, you might, you might allow people to speak things in your ear that you shouldn't because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or Whatever you know, what you ain't got to cuss them. You, ain't, you if you're if you're not a if you're not a person that likes confrontation, that's fine. Just say, hey, I just I don't want to talk about this. I don't agree with it. It ain't right. You hear what I'm saying? We should not allow that stuff to come in to the house of God. From any other house of God, from any other neighborhood, from anywhere, from wherever, from wherever it may come, we shouldn't allow that stuff to come in to the house of God and bring foolishness into God's people. We don't burn. We build. 
We don't tear down. We encourage and build up. Amen? That's what we're going to be. But that don't mean that you tolerate foolishness, that you tolerate darkness, that you tolerate lies, that you tolerate things, that the Word of God says, I hate these things, saith the Lord God Almighty. He hates them. I don't want to be doing anything that God hates because I don't see any advantage to it. So I want everybody just to stand and just bow your head as we begin, as we just... And here's the altar call. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Do you honor the truth? Are you a gossip? Are you been lying? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you being indecisive? Are you playing both sides of the field? Are you a merger and not a unifier? What is it? What is it that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today? I believe this. You know what? It's amazing that I, was, I can't remember the king's name. I was reading one of the kings. And his dad loved the Lord, built the tabernacle up. I mean, his dad did the right thing. And he comes in right behind him, and he begins building Baal and Ashtaroth and all these things. And it said the Lord put him in captivity. It said with bronze hooks and chains, the Assyrians led him to prison. It said that king cried out to the Lord. He's in captivity. He's in a prison. And it doesn't even explain how it happened. It just said the Lord heard his cry. The Lord heard his cry. The Lord heard his repentance. The Lord heard his humility. The Lord heard his desire. The Lord heard his confession. And it said, and he, re and he brought him back to Jerusalem. So the last thing we see is the Assyrians like had hooks in him and chains. And they drug him to Assyria. And they put him in prison. And it said, and the Lord heard his cry there in prison. And it said, and he, bam, he's back in Jerusalem. And all you need to know is this, is you can be in a prison in life because of, you know, because of who you collaborate with, because of what you speak, because of what you are walking in. But God says, I can take you from the prison to Jerusalem just like that. The difference between one sentence to the next. I'm in prison. I'm in Jerusalem. I'm in prison. I'm in Jerusalem. Where do you want to be today? Do you want to be in prison? Or do you want to be in Jerusalem? Where do you want to be today? It's real simple. Hear the cry of the Lord today. What say you? Y'all come.